It's 22 minutes after 8 o'clock on Radio 2000 Talk. I'm just having a quick chuckle here because I'm reading through some of your comments that are coming through on the Life with Tommy Twitter handle. And uh, I will read them as we get to the end of um, of our program and our time together this evening. Quite uh, quite interesting. First of all, welcome to our guests as we enter our YB20 conversations, which we bring to you every single Monday, meeting dynamic um, individuals, young, youthful, but with so much wisdom and just so inspiring. I remember last week we also had a, a great chat with the, the she's 25, right? 25-year-old um, serial entrepreneur. And uh, actually, I was speaking about her all week today because she was just so amazing. But joining us this evening are two equally amazing uh, young individuals, law student Karabo Kanati. You're joining us on the line. Welcome, Karabo. Hi, Tommy. How are you? I'm awesome. Thank you. You're nice and bright and you know vigorous <laughs> so late at night, but we appreciate that. Thank you, Karabo. <laughs> And uh, thank also, you so much for me. thank you. And also, Nontando Mtetwa. Uh, Nontando, you are Corporate Affairs Manager for Kahiso Trust. Welcome. Thank you very much, Tami. Now, first of all, today we're focusing on, on bridging the gap through developing and investing in, in young women. And I guess let me start with you, Nontando. What do you do as um, Kahiso Trust? Who are you? And specifically, your portfolio as a Corporate Affairs Manager. Um, at Kahisa Trust, I uh, head up our corporate affairs uh, management. Mm-hmm. So basically looking at stakeholder relations, um, communications, branding, marketing, and everything that falls within that um, umbrella. So we'd be dealing with our internal and external um, stakeholders in terms of building relationships for the organization. And what does Kahisa Trust do? Why was it established? What is the mandate? Okay. Um, Kahisa Trust is a development agency which was started 30 years ago. Uh, mainly um, it was started as a funding conduit for the EU, looking at supporting uh, the struggle against apartheid. But over the years, we've repositioned ourselves as an organization, looking at how we can contribute towards poverty allevi- alleviation. So really supporting initiatives in education and enterprise development. And uh, Garabo, tell us a little bit about, about yourself, um, what it is that, that you, you're studying and why you chose to, to um. study law. Okay, well, I'm a surgery law student at the University of the Free State. And my decision to study law, I mean, stems primarily from a very young age. I feel I've always known that given the opportunity, being put in a situation, I, I could solve the problems of the world. And I, I guess I thought, what better way than law? And yeah, so it's always been something I've always wanted to study. And yeah, I was quite grateful to be admitted to the University of the Free State. Now, you really are quite a young achiever. I mean, at, at just 14, you went through to, to Washington, D.C. On, um, you, mm-hmm. you know, on, on, on a program. Tell us a bit about that. Well, um, I was scheduled to go to Washington, D.C., but unfortunately my sponsors never quite pulled through. Um, yeah, I was awarded a, a, I think it was a scholarship of some sort from the People to People Fellowship, and I had to go to Washington based on academic and leadership merits. But unfortunately, that dream was never realized due to some financial problems. But I feel the opportunity presented itself, and I'm grateful for that. And more opportunities will present themselves again in the future. So in a situation um, like this, uh, Nontando, 
does Gachiso Trust, you know, in, intervene in, in these type of situations where you've got, you know, clearly outstanding young people like Garabo, who mm. at 14, because of her academic excellence and the leadership qualities that she portrays, has an opportunity, but due to financial reasons, she actually can't take that up. Um, what we do as an organization in education is we work in partnership with various um, provincial departments of education. So we would identify a district within a province that we consider or the province uh, considers as disadvantaged. Look at how we can support um, schools through infrastructure, curriculum development and um, various you know, areas um, that could improve the schools. But in terms of supporting students with studies, we have a bursary program um, that supports um, students to pursue a tertiary qualification in any university in South Africa in the engineering and commerce sectors. Now, that, that, that's actually quite, quite great to know. But as far as bridging the gap specifically, do you focus on women or young girls or is it across the board? It's across the board, but we do have a very keen interest on um, supporting um, young girls. Um, For instance, with our bursary program, we would do our best to make sure that it has at least minimum 50% of girls. And sometimes the applications that you get through are mostly from boys, and some are performing better than the girls. But we're very conscious about we need to give an an opportunity to females, so let's balance the playing field. I wonder how quote-unquote fair that is, because I'm Mm. sure there's a a young man who's listening there and and saying, well, if I'm performing better than than a girl, why should the girl um, be the one who is is getting the bursary just because quotas um, need, need to be met? How do you address that? I think from our side, I mean, there was a time where we really were just looking at the academic performance of the learners only. But we realized that you'd get about 90% only being boys. And we can't really ignore the role that we need to play in the development of young girls in this country. And if we don't take a conscious decision, whether it's fair or unfair, we won't get girls that are growing, um, are being given an opportunity to participate in the larger context of society and in leadership. So we really have to be like proactive in searching for those girls that we can groom. Now, Karabo, in your context as as a law student, um, what have you found to be the dynamics between the performance of of, of girls and boys, young men and, and young women? Yeah, funny enough, that's actually um, a discussion I was having with one of my lecturers today to say, in our degree, it's actually girls who perform better than boys. Um, but unfortunately, women across all season borders are overlooked. If I use a practical example, if you are a female advocate in South Africa, your position is multifaceted with disparities by comparison to our male counterparts. Um, And they, for example, if I apply for a job and I'm 25 and I have this degree with a 70% average, and I'm an all-rounder, be it academically, to sports or whatever, and a fellow male counterpart with similar characteristics and attributes applies for a job, there is a 65% chance that my male counterpart would actually get the job. And they look at factors such as, well, well, she's young and she's going to get married and she's going to have children, so she's going to be um, away from work for quite some time and therefore we compromise on our productivity. So that on its own is discrimination. And if it works that way, does it mean that we can safely assume that 
female progression in South Africa is inhibited by nature. So it's quite a problem in, 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 our, in our legal fraternity. There's a lack of gender transformation, but there are movements which are actually working in combating such. Now, you are a member, might I say in good standing, so they say, of the, uh, <laughs> of, of, of the Judicial Society and the Black Lawyers Association. What are the yes. male-female yes. dynamics that exist in those structures that you're part of? Um, if, if, if I look, for example, at, at um, the Black Lawyers Association, uh, it's, it's, it's fairly balanced. And by fairly, fairly balanced, I mean it's probably a, a 5 to 3 ratio between males and females. But it's, it's I mean, considering the statistics out there, we, we can say that is actually balanced. Um, if, if we move out of that movement, um, there are actually... 400 and in, in 2011, a research was conducted to conclude that there are 473 senior councils in South Africa, and only 29 of that 473 are women. Now, this is honestly a depressing um, statistic and a depressing figure. So, if you find ratios of 5 to 3, 5 to 4, honestly, that, that's a bit considerable considering how bad things are. Uh, Nontando, from your experience, which sectors? would you say have been the most progressive as, as far as providing opportunities for women to, to compete on equal scale with men? You know, um, to be honest, I think it's government that's really doing well in terms of um, transformation and female representation in uh, leadership um, positions. Um, in the private sector, it's actually quite sad because you find that in senior management, only 20% um, would would be women in those positions. And in boards, it's even less, like about 13% of representation by women. And um, it, it's, it, it's really um, something which is quite depressing. I think also the NGO development sector is doing its best. Um, I mean, that's the field that I come from. In terms of um, gender representation, I've come across quite a number of female CEOs in that um, sector. But the private sector is not doing well. So the, the, and, and your view, Karabo? Um, I, I mean, I firstly have to agree with her, honestly. Um, the, the 21st century woman is still fighting for a position across all fraternities. I mean, be it in politics, be it in business, and not just in South Africa, but across all season borders. But government is really trying to somewhat of a degree, really, to bridge the gap. So, but I have to agree with no time most of the points she raised. And, and, and I wonder, though, Noltando, and I'm going to open this up to, to our listeners as well. Should women be empowered? Because, you know, the word empowered in, infers that power comes from outside of you and is given to you. Mm. you. You know, and you are thus then empowered. Is this something that has to be given to women? Or is this something that women have to, to take and, and, and own up to and you know, develop themselves into a position or a state of power as opposed to being catapulted or pushed or put into those positions. What, what are your your thoughts regarding that, Nandando? Um, I think it's a combination of both. I think as women, we really have to be more proactive, you know, in looking at opportunities to access um, those opportunities for us to be in leadership. Um, it doesn't help if we offer those positions and we ourselves are not proactive about grabbing them. 
But I also think a great emphasis needs to be placed on getting corporates and, you know, various organizations to really come to the party when it comes to empowering women in meaningful positions. Because most of the times you'd also find that if you look at the roles that women play in these um, corporates where they're senior um, executives, it's typically your communications, marketing and the likes, not the positions like your CFO, CEO. So those platforms need to be developed for women and we need to come forward as well and grab them as they come. We're going to open up the lines on 089-110-2000. Come in, hop in, join our conversation. Um, you know, tell us about your experiences as far as you know, the, the, you know, women being capacitated in positions of leadership, what needs to be done, what ought to be done, what are the shortfalls, what are the blind spots. Mm-hmm. Nundando mentioned here that women need to be proactive as well in these type of, um, you know, scenarios. And I was thinking and I was wondering and even looking at talk shows in general and, and even looking at um, you know radio 2000 talk i mean we had one female caller today one female caller rebecca was our only female caller and there are times when we don't have women participating in in the conversations now i would like to find out from you because also this is an act of leadership as well and it's about being interested in what's happening in the country and feeling like you have a voice that you can use mm-hmm. and feeling that you can be part of a conversation or even start a conversation that could make um, a change. So I, I think it's put all of these, um, you know, different dynamics on the table and, and kind of deconstruct the woman in, in, in a way, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and our mindsets mm-hmm. and what we choose to do, how we choose to do it. Um, is there a shortfall perhaps from the woman's perspective? There is a shortfall, but I also think from my own personal experience, I mean, if you start talking about women's rights or women's development, you get labeled as a feminist and as if it's something Mm. negative, you know. And it's for me, it's like, what's wrong with me talking about what, you know, should be availed to me or what I think I deserve. So you speak up and then you get discouraged by the male counterparts that will look at you like you you know you're out of order uh when you speak up as a man you're seen as being confident but when you speak up as a woman you're seen as being naggy and all those other words that I won't share um so we're not necessarily encouraged as women to necessarily um speak up um about the issues that affect us but also you'd find that um I was reading uh, reading an article that, you know, was um, indicating that women spend most of their time doing duties that are non-paying duties, while men spend most of their time doing duties that are for pay. So when a woman gets home, they have to take care of the family, the kids, and run around and do everything else. And for them, first thing is not to call in or pay attention to what's happening around, but the role that society says to them they must play as a nurturer. 089-110-2000, that is the number to dial. Do join in our conversation. Karabo, I'd like to hear your perspectives uh, from a young woman as well when we come back on the other side of this. It's 37 minutes after 8 o'clock. Ando Mtetwa from Kahiso Trust, as well as Garabo Kanapi, who is a third-year law student at a UFS and a member of the Judicial Society and Black Lawyers Association. A topic under discussion this evening, how do we bridge 
the gender gap? How do we bridge the gender gap? Um, how do we develop women? How do we develop young girls? How do we invest in them in a meaningful way? Obusi Gwisomba uh, on the Life with Tammy Twitter page says, Big up, young achievers, following your purpose, striving for success and working smart. Uh, so much hope. Yes, there is. Hashtag groom a girl child. She also goes on to say, We can uh, come compact gender inequality or combat gender inequality and its diversity if we stand together to rise above the odds we are just as compatible and able she says oh eight nine one one zero two thousand and all the ladies who are listening and who are part of our radio 2000 talk family i'd, I'd like to know why it is that you you listen because i know you there um but you don't necessarily call in or participate in in, in, the, in the discussion, I'd, I'd be quite keen to hear what your perspectives are uh, regarding that. And also, Rebecca, you called in earlier on today. I'd like to find out what it is that made you call in, you know. Uh, Motsi from Kimberley, good evening. Sunday, the ladies, hi. I'm well, Motsi, how are you doing? Oh, no, how could we lose you? All right, we'll try and get you back, Motsi. Sorry about that. Calvin, you're calling us from Durban. Welcome. Hello, dear. How are you? I'm brilliant. How are you doing? Good, wonderful. You've got a great program there. I've been listening for the last couple of nights. I'm an artist, a sculptor, and I plug away at quite a few uh, on a commercial basis. I do all sorts of modeling and things like that. But I'm extremely interested in, in how you ladies have been tackling the, the, the problems up against in a somewhat uh, male-dominated um, entry into managerial positions. I'm, I'm very keen on how they're handling it. Uh, black lawyers, etc. associations, obviously we've got... We've got quite a lot we could discuss, but my main point is, you know, women have definite strengths um, when they're tackling this type of thing. And I would only suggest that they employ those strengths. You know, they're great as nurturers, and rather than appear as as competitors or adversaries to the men, I think that they would win over much more favour uh, if if they can rather act as team members rather than Correcting the status quo with, with, with equality in that sense. Um, th- that is my main point, and I just wondered how you, you ladies would feel about that. Mm. Oh, okay, let, let me don't, uh, don't, don't go, uh, Calvin. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd like Nondanda to, to respond to that. Um, I absolutely disagree with Calvin. Um, okay. I don't see why I have to play into a stereotype of being a nurturer. I'm naturally a competitive person, and if I want to compete with anybody, I should be allowed to do so. If you're bothered by it, it's not my problem. So I don't get why I would have to shift who I am and my nature to accommodate somebody so that they don't feel um, 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 threatened. Do they do the same for me? I doubt it. Okay, that's, that's, a, that's a very good point. And I understand that, that you feel totally equal on, on that that score. Um, I, I, was merely, I was merely hinting that that I, I do feel that that each sex uh, has uh, or gender has particular strengths in certain areas, and that rather than rather than act as adversaries, they do so much better if they really work with one another by understanding each other's strengths and and nurturing each other on that basis. So therefore, it's not really an adversarial uh, attempt to try to dominate one by the other or or to to match in mm-hmm. terms. Um, but I hear what you're. I hear what you're saying. I get what you. What where you're coming from. I, I just felt that we tend to neglect that team 
uh, approach. And mm. certainly women are far stronger than men in certain areas. And, let, let, and let I me, think men me, also need to realize that too, you know. Calvin, I'd, I'd like to give Karabo an opportunity to answer this as well. Karabo, what, what is your perspective it, regarding Calvin's yeah, statement? The line is very bad from 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 Kevin's end, but I think I can actually uh, answer. Uh, we need to get to a point where we look at the dynamism and the richness of women beyond the parameters of being a homemaker. We need to start looking at women as 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 leaders and not just um, being at the back end or the receiving end of of everything. And the only way to do that, for, I feel, is to join arms and say, you know what, we can do it. We need to take a rigorous and proactive approach as women to assume these positions in management and across all spheres, really. Um, I, mean, I feel the reason why we have so many movements, I mean, I'm talking about South African Women's Legal Association, Women in Law, Take a Girl Child to Work campaign, and I could honestly go on. And but you never find male lawyers association of Africa movement or men in law is because females, women in particular, are always fighting for their position. So as women, we need to stand together to say, you know what, hey, we can do it. Let us take a rigorous approach and say, and do it and assume our responsibility. But we need to stop looking at women as homemakers alone, but realize their potential really. Mm. All right, Karabo, thank you very much. And, and Calvin, thank you so much for your call and, and that really interesting um, you know, perspective uh, that, that you brought through. That's uh, Calvin there from Durban. And, you know, I, I wonder then, when we talk about women and we describe the characteristics of women, are women embracing and embracive of their own traits? Or have women reached a point where they do not want to be how they are being described or experienced, you know. So we find yourself actually fighting something that you may be because you find that it disadvantages you mm. in, in some way. I'm throwing that out there. What are your thoughts? So at nine double one zero two thousand Mumisa from Cape Town. Good evening. Okay, we've we've lost sorry, we've lost that call from Ngumisa but but what a ooh what is going on with our lives? It's going me crazy here. <laughs> and uh, so, Nuntando, what, what what are your thoughts? Um, you know, re- regarding that, do you think? And, and this, I'm just taking from the comment that um, you know our previous caller uh, just made, and and your answer to that, saying that you know, yes, I'm competitive. Can those two traits not be? Are they mutually exclusive? I think they can work together. The problem that I have is that a lot of the time as women we are made to choose which one are you going to be. So you're either ambitious or you're a nurturer. You stay at home. You just can't be both and balance the two out. And for me, I have a fundamental problem with that because when I'm in the workplace, I'm not necessarily there to nurture people. You're there for results. Exactly. <laughs> My boss doesn't care. It's about the that, bottom line. <laughs> exactly. My boss doesn't care that um, I nurtured people at the office. If I haven't achieved what needs to be achieved, I haven't delivered and there will be consequences. I wonder, though, if the question is not whether or not you achieve the results or the bottom line, but it's the process, it's mm. the how factor that that I think is, is being questioned here. Yes, you'll still get the same results or even better results, but it's in the how that, um, you, you know, the, the differentiator is, is, is expressed. Uh, let's chat to Ngumisa. Ngumisa, we've got you back on the line. Welcome. Yeah, hello, Sister Tammy. How are you? I'm very well, Sissi. How are you doing? 
I'm good. Uh, interesting topic, actually. I'm so glad I'm through online. It's my first time. Welcome, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, sister, me, I, I want to embrace the topic of today because I'm one of those uh, women who are looking to move forward with the power of the spirit of women. Uh, I am living with a disability, but I don't take it as a disadvantage for me. I take it as an advantage to compete with the able people. So what would I like to say? I would like to say, I wouldn't say as women we are not achieving or we are not longing to achieve more or better than males. But I think it it, it depends on the environment that you grew up on. Because me, I grew up in KZN. Um, actually, we, we just moved from Eastern Cape to KZN. But all I'm doing is I, I'm in, in, within the community, I have been the, a child that is, has been uh, not where well, has been respectful, has been doing everything that I was supposed to do, but I managed through with my disability, not able to see. I, I matriculated. I went to varsity. I'm doing an internship now with um, with in the for the company. It's uh, I'm, I've been here in Cape Town for less than uh, two months. So I would like to say uh, I am so happy. I would love be given an opportunity to study forward to anything that comes along. I was doing accounting, uh, accounting science in in university. Now I'm doing IT. So uh, I wish that I can be there and be there and be there. That is me. I wish all the other girls and females can feel that way too. Mm. Well, Mumisa, I must yeah. I must just congratulate you on on your on your spirit and just being out there saying, irrespective of whatever challenges you might have physically, but you're still going to go out um, and, exactly. and make a success of of your life. But let me ask you, Mumisa, what are your long term yeah. goals? Where do you see yourself contributing in society? Okay, myself, I see myself. <laughs> Actually, I like that question because I was once I was once interviewed for the for the this internship. Uh, my my interviewer said to me, uh, "What do you see yourself in in five years time?" I said, "You know what? Five years time that is too long. Just say to me two years time." I see myself as someone who is who is. A, a young, knowledgeable woman who is going to share with other women how to go forward, how, which is the way to take forward. Like, abstinence is not something that you, you can, you're going to learn in the environment, within the environment. You have to teach the environment the, the word abstinence. It's not about being embracing who you are and wanted to be seen. It's about taking the 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 name of women to another level that is me that is how i wish other women could participate as well numisa mm. thank you so much for your call much appreciated numisa's call takes us to exactly 8:51 on radio 2000 talk you know today is the last day of the august month 
Um, I know some men who are breathing a huge sigh of relief, <laughs> saying, <laughs> saying, thank goodness it's over because they've it's just had, a, time. <laughs> they've had an oversaturation of women's issues. But Karaba, you brought up a very good point that we don't have a man's month because it's uh-uh. a man's life, you, you know. It's it's a it's a man's life, so they don't need a month that focuses on 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 just their their issues exactly. because they don't feel like they which they, is really sad, which is why they feel like they 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 are not um you know being being marginalized. But uh, you know, what are your thoughts on having this Women's Month? Do you think it it has a role to play in in and I guess the the psyche of South Africans, but also in an implementable way. You know, it's not going to be August tomorrow. We, we're going into September now. All the things that we discussed and all the resolutions and, you know, is that going to continue until next August? Uh, your thoughts, Karabo? It is my hope and prayer that it does. But honestly, realistically, no, it does not. But it all goes on on each and every individual. It, it, it it's, it's more than just, I always say, females or women should not only be celebrated in August, but it should be an all-year-round thing. So from this point forward, it, it all goes on on each and every individual. But I think women should be celebrated even more, not just in August, not just on the 9th, but further than that, much deeper than that. Motsi, uh, you're calling us from Kimberley. Thank you for holding. Welcome. Yes, how are you, ladies? We're great. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thanks for asking. Look, Tammy, in short, I think it, it has to start with us as men to accept the role that women play in modern society. You know, um, I think just in short, Karabu there, who's a very good friend of mine, can take you through the struggle of trying to get a sponsor to the trip that she was supposed to go to again earlier on this year. And it's simply because she was dealing with a gentleman that in his mindset, in his head, he was just dealing with a young lady. You understand? So I think um, to a certain extent, honestly, it, it has to start with us as men to accept the role that women play in modern society. So the men have to open open up and make way? We not necessarily open up and make way, but we have to get away from the mindset that a woman's role is to sit at home and take care of, of, of the kids, basically. But it, it is, but it, but is that still the, the 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 is that still an issue, Motsi, In 2015, do men it, do men actually believe that women are not capable of performing equally or even better than them in some circumstances? Um, it is still an issue. You know, it is still an issue. I will, I will, um, um, I'll, I'll choose myself as an example. Um, I'm currently employed in the private sector, right? And for the first time in my life, actually, um, I, for one, I have a female manager, you understand? And you, the, 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 the man in you will still come up to say that, you know what, this lady cannot talk to me like this. Forgetting <laughs> that she is a manager at the end of the day, you understand? So, so the, 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 uh, I'm coming again, the, the man in you would still want to come up and say, hey, I will not be, you know, treated like this or you cannot talk to me like this so as i'm saying it, it has to start with us to 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 come to the realization that you know what the role of women um from 20 years back is different in 2015 basically so so men you are saying some men have uh, ego issues where they can take instructions from another man but not from another woman or, or not from a woman um as much as many other guys will hate me for saying this but yes <laughs> it's just yeah 
That's how it is. All right, Mozi, thank okay. you so much for, for your perspective as, as well. 089-110-2000. Is this really the, the norm? I mean, how many men actually still feel that they would not want to take any sort of instruction or any sort of leadership from women? How do we bridge uh, the gap? How do we develop uh, women? How do we invest in them? Just as um, let's take maybe one or, or, or two calls before we end up 089-110-2000. But as a parting shot, um, Nundando, what would you say as far as bridging the gap, as far as developing women, as far as investing in women? Um, Tammy, you know, I'm part of the um, Progressive Professionals Forum. And at one of the events we hosted not too long ago, uh, one of the items which was presented in terms of bridging the gap um, or the gender gaps was looking at how we use education to empower women, how we use um, um, promotions like being more active in terms of looking at how we pave the way for women within um, the workspace and also just um, also um, enterprise uh, development looking at how we bring in women to participate in the economy so um, I think we really need to be conscious about providing um, skills development to uh, women looking at how we can provide them with technical you know skills for those technical careers where uh, that are male uh, dominated such as your engineerings and the likes um, and also just looking at also how we take an active role in terms of carving a, a career path uh, for women within the workspace. Education plays a big role in terms of empowering uh, women and you find that more men can read uh, than women. So how do we start doing those small initiatives that could then look at empowering the confidence of women to participate in various platforms? How do people get get in touch with you? Um, they can email me um, uh, via info at kahiso.co.za or contact me on 011-566-1900. Info at kahiso.co.za. Yes. Thank you, Nontando. Karabo, a parting shot from you. Um, personally, I feel the struggle for women emancipation has come a long way over the centuries, but I must admit that we have made strides. But it begs the question, is it enough? Are women assuming responsibility like across all borders, be it in management, finance, politics, and so forth? But women are making strides. The question is, is it enough? Thank you so much, uh, Karabo. That's uh, Karabo Kanapo, third-year law student at UFS, and Nontando um, Tetwa, who is Corporate Affairs Manager for Kahiso Trust. I, I must say, though, that it's been a, a fabulous Women's Month. I love August. I love this month because what it does is if you're a woman and you don't realize how fabulous you are, you don't realize how strong you are, you don't realize the opportunities that are opening up for you, this is a month where all the information that you're getting is affirming. It's telling you that, yes, you can. So ultimately, it's up to you as a woman to, to get up there and make the most out of the opportunities that you have. I mean, for example, on, um, I think it was thir- Friday, um, I was emceeing the, um, the, the Minister of, of Small, um, Small Businesses Function for, for Women. And I was just blown away by the fact that there's some communities where they've invested millions of rands, you know, for women in, in business. 
and the machinery a year later, two years later, is still sitting there covered unused because they don't know how to use it you know so yes the opportunities might be there initiatives are being put up by corporates by business by private sector you know public sector etc but we need to make the most out of them and run with it as you were saying uh, Nontando, it's not just about the the, the nurturing things we need to actually have uh, an economy that is also driven uh, by a woman, where we are focusing on the bottom line and not just on survival. Well, that's my parting shot for, for you uh, this evening. Thank you so much for uh, the time that, that we've spent uh, together, for all your thoughts, your, your comments, as well as your views. I did promise that I'd read one or two um, Twitter uh, messages. Let me do so. Makhosi says, why us young girls, why are we accepting this? We have the right to say no to the king. Um, and obviously... Uh, that is regarding the Swaziland story. And Tami Pilani says this is the last, was well, his last month, I paid a bribe of 1,500 Rand for obtaining a driver's license. There you go. Wow, Tami. Bitsoami. There you go, admitting that you paid a bribe of 1,500 Rand. Doesn't really help the cause, does it? But the truth is, they, it, it happens. Mm. It happens. I look forward to spending time with you once again tomorrow. You have yourself a fabulous evening. Thank you to our uh, producer, Slengiwe Kumalo, as well as our technical director, Charlie Rasmus. Uh, David, standing by there, as well as uh, Mudubi Mahali Mele with the news.